Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. We're a church family in North Carolina with a vision for people to experience the grace of Jesus, be filled with the Father's love, and to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's this week's message from Mooresville. One thing that God has been speaking to me, this is some of the stuff I released at the women's retreat, was, you know, I've been on this word hesed for over a year. God spoke it to me. Um, it's out of the blue. It was just like this word, this Hebrew word. Um, and I just began getting to the word about it and researching it and realizing that, man, this, this word about hesed, which is written, it's in the scriptures over 250 times, um, is such a rare word that it takes words to describe it. And it's actually God's it's really even beyond his covenant love for us. It's really God's attachment to us. It's like the only, the best way to really describe it is he is glued to us. It's the everlasting love, unfailing love. Anytime we see that in scripture, a lot of times you're seeing the Hebrew word hesed or chesed is something. You can say it in chesed, but I'm not going to try to do that. I'm going to do my good old English Southern way. But, um, so I, I really, the, just getting a hold of that for my own relationship with the Lord has been, it just a game changer, just the way grace changed me. I, I kind of began to understand the root of grace was God's attachment, love to humanity where he won't let us go. He won't turn loose of us. He's had a plan from the beginning, uh, from the foundation of the world before when man fell, yeah, you had a plan. You know, there was a plan in place to redeem man before man ever fell. And it really was coming out of the heart of God for his sons and his daughters because he is attached to us. He made man in his image. He won't let us go. And even in the present time we're in, we need to hold on to this fact that God is attached to us. He's attached to Israel. He's attached to Palestines. He's attached to every race. There is on the earth. And there is a special place because Israel has been handed down. The Bible's been given to us. It's an example of how God interacts with mankind. It is really true. But we need to know that God loves humanity. He has an attachment and a glue to us that will not stand down. And... um, So, I really, that's been an amazing, I'm going to give you some scriptures on that. These are some, just a few. Like I said, there's 250 of these. Um, For the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you. And my covenant, there it is, Hesed, will not be removed from you. And my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says the Lord who has compassion on you. I love this verse. I mean, it's like everything else can go away, but this is not going to stop. And I love it. Did you know, this is really cool because one of the words that is attached to this word has to, to describe it as goodness, the goodness of God. And I love it that Jen Johnson's song got Song of the Year with Dove Awards. Did you know that goodness of God? Isn't that great? I was really happy for her, um, just that that song's gone around the world. But um, I love it. this one's very dear to me, Lamentation 3, 22 through 23 
The Lord's hesed, loving kindness, that's one of the words for it, indeed never ceases, for his compassions fail not, they are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. I love that. Um, And one of the things about um, hesed is this. it's, it's, a, it's the kind of love that won't let go. And it's interesting that brain science is now catching up with this fact. Now, Byron's been preaching all around some of this. I think he stole it from me, actually, because I've talked about this a lot with him. But um, <laughs> brain science is actually discovering that the source of joy in humanity, it is... It comes through attachment. And that there's a real, it's really hard for people to experience joy when they don't have strong attachments. And um, it really, the interesting thing, now these brain science people that I'm following are actually believers. So they're making the connection. And I love it because it's really cool to put all this together. So, but not only is it just cool, it's revelational, really. And it's really brought me back to the fact of why we do church and why church is so important. It's because of the attachment um, that is so important to all of us. And they've discovered that the attachment love that really begins with God, okay, is the source of joy. And it comes from being face to face. It comes through the eyes they describe exactly how it is. I think it comes to the right eye, then hits parts of our brain, and it, come, it affects one part of the brain, then moves over to the next part of the brain. So here we are, this attachment. Isn't that just beautiful? As we've attached to the Lord, his love over us, his banner over us, his love, that we began to move into joy. And I love the Song of Solomon verse that says, it's 2.14, Uh, This is God speaking to his bride. Oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. So we are created to be face to face with God. That's the beginning. Um, So we have, we're, this is what I'm talking about today is actually created order. The way God created for humans, this is all gifts for us to live out our lives in joy. So that brings me to um, this, which I love. Is I've, I've been thinking about this. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we shall be called the children of God. And I'm just thinking, what manner of love is this? We don't even, we, it goes back to Hesed. We can't even, it takes words to even just, to try to get into the arena of what kind of love this is that is attached to us that will not let go. Okay, it, it is, What manner is this? That's what John was saying. What manner of love is this? That we should be called the children of God. 
You know, and then we know here at River Life about attachment because we went through a revival movement that left us attached by the spirit of adoption where the Holy Spirit came, he baptized us in what we call the spirit of adoption. And suddenly we began to recognize this glue and really changed all of us so, so much. So I will say the Holy Spirit is so key in all of us of being attached to the Lord himself and understanding his love. Um, it's, it's, um, it's good. So, Okay, so I want to go back and read this, uh, put this first scripture up, Denise, because really this is what I want to talk about. God's plan for his church is that we would be in unity in a dwelling place for his presence on display for the world in the spiritual realm. And the reason why I'm bringing this into it is because hesed is not only our relationship with God. It flows between us because he's in us. We see a beautiful story of that unravel or unfold, not unravel, unfold with the book of Ruth. That's all a Hesed story. We see these, this attachment relationship between Ruth and between um, Naomi that comes out of that. And we see this whole process of this attachment that is going on, okay, that they won't let go of each other. You know, Ruth would not let go. And it ends up, this is what's so wild. And then we see a chain of events where Boaz and his commitment and attachment to the community and the communities attached to one another, where we see a beautiful story unfold to the point where we see Jesus, the Messiah, come out of that whole union. So you see, it's pretty amazing, this whole deal. And I believe the church is at the season where we're, as we tap into this love and this attachment that releases joy. And what I told those girls up there, that the church should actually be joy generators because of our relationship, because joy is relational. It comes through face-to-face contact with each other, a place where we belong and we feel loved, we feel accepted. So I do believe that we're on the rise of the church returning to her original, authentic self. As we are in community and we love one another and we realize that we have a God that is glued, that we can have this with each other. Jesus prayed that we would be one. That's John 17, the last prayer that he prayed. And so this scripture, Ephesians 2, 18 through 22, I'm going to read it. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens and with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you are being built together. Here's a really reason why this is all works. It's into a dwelling place for the spirit. So what happens is we have this space that God has created among us. It really is a place for God to pour out his spirit. And that should be a good motivation for us to let this love of God flow between us. Um, 
So back to brain science um, on this. So brain science tells us that joy is relational. And it really does line up with what Jesus taught the two greatest commandments. What are they? Love God with all your heart, mind. Yeah, y'all say it. Love your neighbor as yourself. How about that? It boils all down to those two things. How about that? And you can just see this beautiful picture unfolding, right? That this is what we're created for, a relationship with God and to be in relationship with one another. Guess what? It's joy. And the joy of the Lord is what our strength. So we're in a world that is becoming very detached, very, very detached. And it's causing more and more sickness among us. God did not create us to be detached. He created us to be in a body of Christ. He created us to be in community. And that, can, and that brings us joy. It just is the way it was made to do. And I wanted you to put up that same quote Byron put up um, a few weeks back. Joy is relational. Having enough joy strength. Yeah. Having enough joy strength is fundamental to a person's well-being. We now know that a joy center exists in the right orbital prefrontal cortex of the brain. This is wild. It has executive control over the entire emotional system. And when the joy system has been sufficiently developed, it regulates emotions, pain control, and immunity centers. It guides us, listen to this, to act like ourselves. It releases neurotransmitters like dopamine, serotonin, and it's the only part of the brain that overrides the main drive centers. Food and sexual pulses and rage. It, over, it overtakes all that when we're living in joy. And God has already given us the keys to joy. His Hess attachment love that he gives to us. When we're born again believers, it's, that is in us. It begins to flow around us and it is sheer joy. We begin to live in joy. But we're living in a world that wants to live on our iPhones and, and associate with people through text messaging, through social media, when that is not real attachment. It's through the eyes. The scripture is clear about that. Let me see your face. Brain science is confirming it. Let me see your face. Let me see your eyes. Let me see it. So I, this is what I'm feeling is I believe the Hesed love that flows from the heart of God, thus among one of us, is vital to the building up of the church in the community because it cultivates joy. And I believe that if we don't get back to basics of the early church of authentic community, that we really won't be living at our destinies a place for God to really pour out his spirit because it really is the, a functioning body. And I will say, I may be preaching to the choir here, but I thought it might be good for us to hear it because I believe we already do have a lot of strong attachment here with one another. But, you know, we want to do more. We want to go further in this. And the church holds 
treasure for the human heart and need. And that's really why evangelism is so important, to go out and bring people in to the household of God, because we hold treasure here. We hold treasure. I have, for the last three years, have feel like I want to go stand on the corner and say, get in church. There's a lot of answers there for you. The answers are there. Go. Go get in church. And I know there are people that can't be. I know there are really people watching from home. And please know my heart is not that. I know there are really a lot of good reasons to not be here. But if you can, be here. If it's at all possible, be here. Bring people in that need Jesus. Bring them in. They need what we have. We're holding treasure. We're holding the, we have the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I love this scripture that says, um, you know, we have this thing called a place to belong. So many people come in here and say, I feel like I'm at home here. And I believe that is because since the Lord moved here, we have cultivated a place of where we want the atmosphere to be, a place where people belong. So we already have tapped in and dialed into some of this, but I'm beginning to see the fullness of why it's so important. Uh, uh, the disciple John, first, I mean, second John one twelve. I love this. I have many things to write to you, but I prefer you do not sew with paper and ink. I hope to come and see you again and talk with you face to face so that our joy, our joy may be complete. Isn't that good? And I love learning this about the attachments because that's what the Hesed love. It's attachment. It's an attachment love that says, you know what? I love you no matter what. There's nothing that can happen that you've done that can make me turn away from you. That's really what it is. There's nothing, there's, there's only one thing we know in scripture that causes God to turn away. And it's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That's the only thing I know. And there might, I, I, I believe that's right. Um, if I were a YouTuber, I'd go back later and put a little thing up under there that corrects it. Do y'all watch YouTubers? We do. If they say something wrong, they'll go back and <laughs> put a little ticker tape under it. But um, it's almost impossible for people with addictions to overcome them without strong attachments. This is brain science. When they have strong attachments in their family, they're much more likely to overcome it. So this is not, this is also really good for families to hear. That we need to do our best to develop strong attachments within our family. And when we do that, this is what we do. There's nothing that you can do or say that would make me not love you. That's really the kind of heart we need to have for our families. Not if you do it my way, if you go to church, if you, any of that stuff. I know we've put a lot of that on our children and we really need to loose them to let the Holy Spirit get a hold of them and we just keep our family glue going. Does that make sense? We keep it going as best as we can. So... 
Anyway, I love it. Um, I know y'all got to, um, Byron talked to y'all. One of the things that really blessed us recently was um, this, that we got to see our, our grandsons. Well, Byron baptized our grandsons in Durham at a heat, really nice heated pool. And <laughs> it was a really nice heated pool. I mean, like really nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really cool. We did it at 7 o'clock in the morning. And I was so blessed as a parent to see Grace and Michael's friends and their community, that they have strong attachments with each other, that they all came out at 7 o'clock in the morning before school, before work, and gathered in the cold. It was cold. And, and it was just sweet. You know, just, it was just joy. To get to experience that. And it's every, I think it's because my parent heart wants that for my children. That they have strong attachments. People around them that love them and that think the best of them. You know, that I think that's the heart of the father. He wants his kids attached. We're there in loving places where people around them think the best of them. When they look in their eyes, they just say, I just love you. You're just accepted here. Um, it's, and I say this, one thing that's so important about community and attachment love, this thing has said, is do you know, that's about the church. It takes people to heal people. It takes each of us. And the parts that we bring to bring healing in our lives. And how many of you have been healed by the relationships that you have? Yeah, I mean, so many of us just by relationships that we have. And I have a friend that was raised in an abusive family. She was really a mess. And God brought her to live with a stable, functioning family. And she has come so far from what she was brought up in. She was healed through a, a stable, functioning, loving family. And I, I just, um, I love that. So, so I want to jump over because I don't have time to do all of this. Um, and I knew I probably wouldn't. Um, about keeping unity. Because I really feel like that may be the strongest thing that's on my heart this morning. Um, because I do believe that we've been in a season where the enemy has worked overtime to divide us. And let me, Ephesians 4, 1 through 7. You know, when we, um, I'm going to just read it. Have you found it? Yeah. i read it. Let me just read it. I may not put it up. Maybe I missed it. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the call into which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's only one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Say Father of all. Father of all. 
who is over all, through all, and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. You know, we really have to keep Christ central in all of our relationships. And just know that we all were bringing things to the table. This is, it, we all are holding, this is, and this is, I'm talking about denominational stuff too. Because it's really, we can be divided among denominations. I mean, there's division over all kinds of stuff. And, you know, churches divide over stupid stuff. And I just know that God is really speaking about us staying in unity. Because, and I believe the attachments is so much a part of that. Because if we are attached and have that love of God flowing, we're going to look at each other and say, nothing's going to divide us. We will not let it. I refuse. I refuse that. And so um, I think this is such a beautiful scripture. And I do believe in order for what church that God has ahead of us for the church, we have to stay in unity. And that does not mean we're all going to think alike. We're not all going to believe alike. We're not all going to vote alike. You know, we're all different, but we are all in Christ. And that is where our unity lies, is that we are in him. So this is the other brain science I really wanted to bring up that I, I really feel like has helped me. Um, and learn, I, I was drawn to it because... Listen, we we have over 300 people. You think sometime Byron and I might get into relational issues? Yeah. So this, I was drawn to this because of the title, but um, it's a thing called escape in enemy mode. So here's what I didn't know. <laughs> Was any time we begin to shut our relational mode down, we've actually moved into something called Simple enemy mode. That's a brain science thing. They've studied the brain and what it looks like when that's going on. So that happens. Listen to this anytime we have differences. Anytime there are differences, our brain. Now listen, it's going to go there. But I think the Lord wants to teach us how to disengage that thing when it comes at us. And so anytime we have those differences and our brain wants to go there, you know, we have to understand that what is happening and we're beginning to shut down our relational mode with one another. And in order to stay in unity that God wants for us, um, it's important that we recognize it. And it is a little bit of a overcoming thing and working on it. But a couple of things that really can help us is this. I want to point out this though, so key and so important. Because not only has the church been divided, the whole world is divided. And guess what? The church can be the key to not to really help in that because wherever we go in our atmospheres, we can shift things. If neighbors are complaining with about it about other neighbors, we can stand there and break that spiritual thing that's going on because we've learned how to overcome our differences. And we've really had training in this last season. And God really wants to continue to, tra to train us. Because in the last days, there's going to be this thing called cold love. Where our love goes cold. And I think this is what is happening. 
with all this division that has happened, as soon as somebody's different from me and their politics and the way they look at things, we have this, this thing, even our bodies start feeling this tense thing where we really need to recognize it and go, oh no, I'm not going there. I choose a different way. I choose to look at you in your eyes and say, you know what? I love you. Our differences will not divide us. Um, and you know, we have this thing in the end of the age, the ethnos will rise up against ethnos. And here's the thing about the enemy mode. What does the scripture teach? This is really brain science. Anytime we are in this little difference enemy mode, you know, we're shutting down relationally. But what does the scripture say about our enemies? To love our enemies. That right there will do it. Just love our enemies. So staying relational is the key to staying out of that. Just keep working at it. Just keeping, you know, just asking the Lord, you know, and understanding that people have really come from different places and they do think different. It's not always our job um, to make them think different. Once we've stated our differences, we need to let it go. Because to keep at it, I have things, we have things in our family where it's just ridiculous, the fighting that is going on over their differences. And, um, you know, and it just, it, there reaches a point where we have to let it go. And we have to, I love this verse. I was thinking about it. Um, it says where Ezekiel 3.15 in the Berea Standard Bible, I love it. It says, come to the exile at Tel Aviv who dwelt by the river Kabar. And for seven days, I sat where they sat and remained there among them overwhelmed. I think some of the keys is to understand that people are coming from different places, especially if they're not believers. We need to not be in enemy mode with unbelievers. That is just plain dumb. They're not going to think like us. They're coming from messes. And I love this place. God sent Ezekiel to go sit where they sat so he could see what they see. And until we're in those places where we can sit where they sat, it's easy to make judgments. And the truth of the matter is, is mercy triumphs over judgment. And mercy is sacrificial. It's a sacrifice to be merciful. Another thing that helps us with this thing, because it's not if, it's when, when we do this thing that divides us, is we can, it's the set where I set, we look at a person in front of us to know that they're humans. They're another human created in God's image. And it's only by the grace of God, honestly, it's by his grace for all of us that any of us are anywhere and got any progress. It's all come by grace anyway, so to just stand in judgment and just have this enemy mode going, it's just wrong. It's plain wrong. We can, we can love each other and stay in community and not divide because of the Hesed love of God. And joy is the benefit. Say joy. joy. It's our benefit. We get to stay in joy. And I don't know about you. I like joy. I love being joyful. I really, really, really do. And, um, you know, and the other thing I really have felt um, is this scripture where it's, 
And I want to find this because I think it's um, important about... This Ephesians three fourteen through nineteen, that says, "I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, and I pray that according to the wealth of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, so that this is like in order that when you hear see so that in Scripture, that means in order for, okay." Because you've been rooted and grounded in love, and here's what's important, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints, and this is important right here, this point, the, the breadth, length, height, and depth, and thus to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. It, listen, guys, it's taken all the saints to come to fullness, to understand the love of God. We, we need each other. We really need each other. The body of Christ is made to be joined, attached, so that it'll be a place for the Holy Spirit to come where it's a house of joy, where it's that we're generating joy so that we can bring the world into this place, get there, find what they need. The basic need, one of the basic needs for humans in psychology is the need to belong, to have a place. And this is how we come into fullness is all together with the saints we are able to comprehend. So I want to get to this last part that I'm going to be done. I had a few dreams I wanted to bring up. Uh, I was asking the Lord for dreams at the retreat. And the first one I had, well, the first one was on my, it was before I got there. Um, I, I saw... My, I was in a dream and I, st- I was on my way. It was like I was rushing to get to the retreat. And it was, I thought I was going to be late for the meeting, but I pulled off a, a some sort of an inn type restaurant. And when I pulled out to go in, my mom and dad were standing at the door greeting me. And it was like, whoa. And I knew they were there from heaven. My parents live with Jesus now. And I knew they were there with him. And I was just taken back. And they told me to come in, and they said to me, why don't you come and eat, go to this, there was a seafood, come eat seafood with me. So I knew right then that the Lord wanted me to see, I, I, I didn't know it in the dream, but later I knew God was wanting me to see something. And one of the things we talked about at the retreat that was so key was being intentional to really be a community to reach out to one another, to be face-to-face. And it came to me while I was preaching, actually, that Byron and my parents both took people in. They really were intentional to really do exactly what we're talking about, to be intentional, you know, to really reach out to people. And I know there was probably more to that dream than I know of, but um, the next night I had a dream um, it was the night before I preached that I was walking on a path and it was like a trail with someone that I have had differences with, big differences. And it has sort of been strained because there's been so much differences. Although I have been tried, I've been intentional to not let there be a divide, um, even though you could feel the strain, but I felt uh, and in the dream, we were walking and we were discussing, and I began to weep. 
I mean, I was weeping and weeping. And I felt this, this come out of me. These things don't really even matter. They don't matter. Why are we letting these things divide us? And I was just, the tears were just rolling. So much so when I woke up. When I woke up, I was still had the weeping thing on me. And I feel like God is weeping that we have allowed our differences to come in and break up our fellowship and our attachment and commitment to one another. Because, you know, mercy triumphs over judgment. We need to give people passes. We need to let the grace of God work among us. We need to give people space to work out things instead of just shutting down our relational mode which really cuts us off from joy. That's what enemy mode is. It's shutting down our relational mode. So then the third dream I had, I mean, the Lord was just giving me this. And this one was really, really because Mary had preached on hospitality. Uh, For a lot of us, we were in the Lamb's Chapel and um, we, that was a big thing. It was just like being with each other, hanging out with each other. We would spend the night with each other. I mean, we would go for a weekend and spend the weekend with each other. Kids and all. We didn't let the kid thing stop us. I mean, we just did, we just carried them around. And so, um, and it was wonderful. We all developed such bonds between each other because we were intentional and then this hospitality thing, because that takes hospitality. And hospitality can just be coffee and mints, okay? It doesn't have to be anything more. But Mary was sharing about that, and it was so precious. And brought up, she, she read about her grandmother, who probably is the queen of hospitality of the Lamb's Chapel. If any of you have been around her, Louise Bazell, um, it was really cool. She, she asked her some questions about hospitality and got answers, and it was so precious. But at the end, she brought um, Linda Gein up, and she brought her mom up, and the sisters who all carry that, and such a rich heritage that has been put into us through all that. And I've told, you know, this is another thing. We, when we came to this church in 1994, we, this was not a spirit-filled church. This was a traditional church. And Byron and I were coming out of full-blown spirit-filled Jesus movement, charismatic movement, but the Lord called us here. But guess what caused us to attach to the five or six families that were in this church? It was that attachment thing, that hospitality thing, that community thing that we bonded over, and thus here we sit today. Isn't that beautiful? So this thing about our heritage that we're all bringing in, beautiful heritages. It is not just that. Um, I felt like this was that last dream that was cool. Um, So I dreamed that we were having people join the church. This is really powerful. It's like, you know, the old days you'd stand up front and people would join the church. Well, people still do that, you know. We just, if you get in the directory here, you're a member, okay, by the way. Um, I know other churches still do it, but um, we were, had people lined up and they were joining the church. You get this? Being joined. And in comes Bob and Bonnie Jones. They were joining our church. Isn't that something? 
And I just, it was so sweet. I was, and everybody, when they stood up, went, woo. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> so I do really feel like that what that means is, is we definitely know that the Lord is, the prophetic thing is definitely key. But someone brought up me to this week, and I really, the biggest thing out of Bob is not the prophetic. It was, did you learn to love? And that learn to love is big. Because learning to love means we have to learn to overcome our differences so that we will not be divided and that we would keep unity as Jesus so much prayed. His heart, the heart of the Father is that we keep unity. And I want to give you one more thing that is prophetic. Um, is last week and before the women's retreat, um, we were praying about it and I saw actually a belt. And it wasn't the belt that caught my eye. It was a belt buckle and it was full of diamonds. And I really felt like what the Lord was saying is, is we all are this multifaceted grace of God that is so beautifully woven in that he has done that. And it's actually that joining, that belt that really holds things in place and that we each have a part to play. We each have come from different places and God loves who you are. He loves us and that we need to really do all that we can to be intentional to keep unity and overcome this enemy mode thing. Right, so stand up. So as we're closing on it, I do want to say this one thing. We have radical conversions coming. And they're going to be different. They're going to be real different. And I said this at the women's retreat, and I just want to say it because I got a chance to say it. You know, I feel like the Lord has revealed to me that we're going to see a wave of really different people coming and getting saved. And their lifestyles are really, have been really not in tune with scriptures. And when you know what I'm talking about. And it's going to real be a challenge for the church to stay grounded in the truth, but yet be intentional to not let differences. We have to, we have to, we have to love. We have to love in. I don't, and I don't, I think strategy from heaven is coming but one thing I wanted to really say as a pastor of this church, that we have families on the front lines of that issue. And it hurts when we just are ranting and ranting about it. It hurts because they're dealing with it. And we, and here's the truth. All of our families are dealing with different things. And for us to rant and carry on about it, even among each other, we need to be careful because we have a lot of <clears throat> families that are dealing with their children that have really gone into the LG, all that, that thing. And that's hard. It's real. We need to pray. And I felt like this thing, are we going to rant or are we going to pray? Let's pray. Let's learn to love. Let's let the strategies of heaven invade us. Because God has an answer for all that. And we need to seek him for it. So amen. Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. To get more information, check out riverlifefellowship.com.